Hello and welcome to another edition of Resistance TV. We're going to be discussing homelessness tonight with someone who's experienced it and who's now campaigning to end it. Research by Shelter earlier this year showed that at least 271,000 people are recorded as homeless in England, including 123,000 children. But look, homelessness is a political choice. Britain's one of the world's biggest economies by GDP, and it issues its own currency. So in these circumstances, with political will, not only could the government end homelessness, it could also eradicate poverty if it wanted to as well. But of course, the political will doesn't exist within Britain's current political class. Both the Tories and, regrettably, the Labour Party are wedded to neoliberalism, which just serves the interests of wealthy elites at the expense of everyone else. In fact, if you think about it, all of the parties who've taken their seats in the British Parliament are signed up to neoliberalism and the war machine. So I'm delighted to be able to welcome Steve Gower onto the show this evening. He's fighting back against a rotten system to which he fell victim himself back in 2016. And after getting back onto his feet, he vowed that he'd do everything he could to prevent others going through the same experience that he did. He became an advocate for homeless people and that's nothing in return. Steve's also a passionate campaigner against fuel poverty and is part of the Insulate Britain campaign group. And regular viewers might remember Steve being on the show perhaps a year or so ago now talking about the Insulate Britain campaign. Uh, also joining us this evening is Sam Pope, who is a filmmaker and he's making a film about Steve's story. Anyway, welcome both to the show this evening. Perhaps if I could start with you, Steve, if that's okay. I wonder if you could just sort of say, because look, you know, a lot of people read about homelessness, see regrettably homeless people on the street all the time, a phenomenon that, to be honest with you, I mean, I'm 66 now, but when I was a lad growing up, right the way through, even in the 80s, in Margaret Thatcher's time, certainly in Derby anyway, and, and most sort of provincial towns like that, you didn't really see homeless people on the street, people begging on the street. You really didn't see it. And so people now, of course, are seeing it. Um, they read about it, but obviously a lot of people have never gone through that. And I, and I guess a lot of people would be interested just to hear, you know, firsthand from somebody like yourself who, who has gone through that uh, that extreme situation so perhaps you could just sort of maybe set the scene for us if you if you can steve about you know what it's like you know being homeless and you know how you know what did you do well first of all chris thanks for bringing me on the show again i'm i'm so glad to see you again i've seen you for a while and it's always a, a great time when i see you um well yeah, where good. do i start um um i remember just going back like you say 2016 I had a relationship breakdown, basically, and I, and I fled the property, as many, not all, but many men do that. And that's why there's a big, larger, usually a larger number of men that are homeless than, than women. Um, and I expected, as you said, I hadn't seen homeless people in my lifetime until then. Uh, I lived in the suburbs of uh, Gloucester, not actually in the city. But I come into Gloucester because that was the only place I could have at that time. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be, you know, in this little house shared occupancy thing, small little property for about, what, a couple of weeks, and then I'll get myself a flat. That, was, that wasn't the, the case, though. Um, I was basically told that, um, and I know the reason why now, because I wasn't from Gloucester, I didn't have a local connection, and that they weren't prepared, to, the Forest of Dean, where I was living, wasn't prepared to pay for my rent. 
and I didn't want to go back that's to the Forest. Forest, Forest of Dean. That's the Forest yeah. of Dean Council, I presume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's the, the the way it is everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't yeah, have a, is, yeah. a, a local connection, but I, I, I fled and I didn't want to go back to the forest. So I was happy to stay in Gloucester. So fortunately, someone called me up and I can't remember for this day who it was and said, basically, Steve, there's nothing we can do. But if you get into the into the house of multiple occupancy in Gloucester by tomorrow, which was the Friday, by nine o'clock, you'll have a room. And I thought, well, I've got no other option but to you know, take the, up the offer. Um, not realising the fact where I was stepping into. Um, it was basically a multiple occupancy premises. And like yourself, I was in the building as well, Chris. And towards the end of my career in the building, I'd become a health and safety advisor, um, you know, like, yeah. like a rep. In the building trade. So, building trade. Yeah, in the, yeah. in the building trade, yeah. So I'd done my knee bosh yeah. and I'd done my knee bosh construction. So I had a little click about, you know, um, working conditions but obviously nothing about housing conditions but to me i wouldn't even put the lads in there for a cup you know as a canteen you know it's really rough yeah. um mm. and the clientele there were obviously not clientele that i'd normally establish myself with you know because they had drug issues and alcohol issues and god knows what bless them so i i become really um fractious scared i was 49 years old and 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 i just i was in an an environment I wouldn't put me dog in, you know what I mean? At that point, moment in time. So they gave me a little room, which was, I can, I can assure you now, was smaller than a police cell since I last seen you. All right, so I know what yeah. that looks like. Yeah, yeah, so that We'll have to get more. you on again, Steve, to, to talk about that, Pat. So, yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, all right. So uh, um, uh, I went, uh, uh, basically, from there, I was in my room forever and a day I, yeah. I didn't want to leave it i felt safe in there i had one individual that was visiting me which was from the council or, or some sort of link person and she turned up once a week and that was the best day of the highlight of my week was she turned up sit in my room we'd have a chat she wouldn't say a word i just spew out everything i wanted to say and then she'd walk she'd say oh, well i really haven't done nothing but she had she'd listened yeah yeah so uh, um eventually she got me uh, uh, um about seven months I was there but with after three months and I mean I promise you this I was in that room for three months solid I wasn't going to come out but I had to share the bathroom I had to share the toilet I had to share the kitchen so inevitably I was bumping into people and as I started bumping into them I started you know conversation brought up and I thought after all you know these guys if it wasn't for the grace of God I would have been like them when they were in their 20s or 30s or 40s or whatever so uh a bit of a rapport got on and uh yeah I settled in they were really good friends uh but I was noticing that they were begging in the streets and I couldn't work it out because they had accommodation. These particular people had accommodation, but um, they were still begging obviously for their habits and what have you, you know? Um, yeah. But that brought me out to the, the real homeless people that were, that were homeless. And uh, from then I was, I, I was sort of challenging the council why they were, I'm cutting a long story yeah. short here, um, but I got their trust and that was basically mm. through listening which I'd learned from this woman yeah. that had done for me. And yeah. uh, I couldn't believe the injustices, Chris. I, the, the, I, I got that upset that I, I, I eventually started um, adv not advocating, um, volunteering in the Citizens Advice Bureau. And fortunately, right. they, they brought out the Homeless Act, Reduction Act. And I, and I took that uh, course, thankfully, through the Citizens Advice Bureau, and I flew because then I had the law yeah. on my side and I was challenging the council. Um, is that uh, how then, you sort of uh, 
got back on your feet then, Steve, through yeah through that process and through working as a volunteer and, and so on? I mean, is that what yeah, kind I mean, of, as it were, rescued you from that predicament that you found yourself in? Because as well as I was listening to them, they were listening to me. And without me realising, yeah. I was spewing I was saying, yeah, I agree with you, mate. You know what I mean? I'm like this, I got that. And that was just releasing the... The, the the anxiety and the pressure and, and the injustices that I felt for them, yeah. let alone for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was, a, it was, it was, yeah, empowering. And somebody, I said, I, they said, Steve, you're an advocate. I said, what the heck's that? And they told me, and I yeah. said, okay, I'll be that. I'm an advocate, mm. but I'm an independent one and I'm a volunteer right. one. And there's loads of advocates around, but without the independence, yeah. you're governed from above what you can say and what you can't say. So I say what right. I see. And I always have done, and it's got me, it's got me friends, and it's got me enemies as well. But uh, I can live, I can sleep at night. Uh, and it was yeah. at that point then I think that um, I had an idea about a, a solution, not a, not a total solution, but an improvement on what the system was was what needed. The easiest yeah. part I believe, I believe was was the accommodation, but it's the support network that, that needed to be done. And I, I'm like, this is why I'm bringing Sam in because I met. Um, I went to a, oh, what do you call it, a cooperative meeting in Gloucester. Now, I'm, yeah. I'm, I think it was before I met you, because I'm sure it was before I, you come into Gloucester, I'm not sure. But I, I was obviously on the Corbyn side, and there was obviously player rights on, on, on the, on the, on, in the same party. And I walked yeah. in the cooperative one, and they were all the player rights there, and I thought, oh, God, I'm going to stand out like a sore thumb, you know? But I listened to this yeah. girl. I listened to them all, and they're all saying nice things. But this one lady turned up and she spoke like she knew what she was talking about. She'd lived it, been it, and seen it. And also she got educated and, and, and knew what the system was like. And I dropped her a note and I said, listen, you're fantastic. I've got an idea, but can I just give you this piece of paper? And I handed the piece of paper to her. And uh, I never heard anything from her for about three weeks. And then right. it, Sam knew her. And this is where I, well, if I can part, if politely put on to Sam, this is how the... The, the documentary got got started. Oh, okay, great. Well, let's uh, well that's a good segue then into uh, uh, the next part of the discussion. Then perhaps um, just tell us about this this film. How it? Well, I think Steve indicated a little bit how it how it came to the genesis of it, as it were. Mm-hmm. But just to say perhaps a little bit more about that, and 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 also about you know what the content of the film is going to be, and you know what you hope to achieve through making the film. Yeah. Um, well, I just wanted to say thank you for the invitation. Uh, it's yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's good, always good great to, yeah. Yeah, it's always great to talk about. Um, obviously, all the fantastic stuff that Steve's been up to, and it's it's great that we've. I suppose we're getting a wider uh, audience, and yeah, as as Steve was saying, um, a mutual friend of mine was talking about meeting this very um, this very colourful character, this Welshman with a cloth cap. And I went, okay. And she said, I was I was handed a sort of a plan on the sort of back of the fag packet sort of thing. And I was like, okay. And she unfolded what Steve had handed to her. And she said, I feel really bad. I, it's been sat on my desk for about three weeks now. I finally read it and it's fantastic. It's, it's brilliant. And what he's done essentially is laid out a, a process for how you can actually break the cycle of homelessness and as steve was saying before it's 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 the crucial element in loads of different schemes which is always missing which is the the initial help 
the support straight away because obviously someone's been through trauma a crisis or either either it's 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 triggered something or, or there's all kinds of things that happen to people and not having that support means that you you're really going to struggle to get yourself back on your feet and it was amazing we we went through the plan i, I read it and i went this is amazing this is fantastic so who, who is he she was like oh well i've got his contact details and he's he's you know and she kind of unpacked steve's story and i went this this sounds amazing and i to me it was fascinating because i've been i've been looking to make a film and tell a story and this this fitted perfectly because in a sense what it was really talking about was the the results of you know so many years of austerity the cuts it was looking at a dysfunctional you know a dysfunctional country um the fact that you had a private company that was supposed to be helping homeless people that was failing them uh councils that weren't really paying attention to the fact that you know how many homeless people do you actually have on your hands they weren't recording the numbers um you know uh, people were dying out on the street homeless but it, it wouldn't be on the death certificate and yeah. To me, I found the whole thing baffling. I thought, well, this is my ignorance. I, I don't know anything about this. Why on earth? How? How can this situation persist? And what is going on? So I thought, OK, well, if, if Steve's interested, I said to Gemma, I was like, do you think he'd be interested in meeting? I was like, well, we can try and we can ask. I went, OK, brilliant. And we set up a meeting and we did, I think it was a day almost kind of like this time. It was like 2019. I think it was June or July. And we set up an interview and we set up about four cameras and Steve just kind of spilled his guts and talked about everything that happened to him. Um, and I think after that, I was like, yep, we've got a, we've got a feature film here. Well, we've got several films probably we've got, you know, eight episodes or something, you know what I mean? Uh, there was so yeah, much yeah. and it had to be a documentary. And the tricky bit is, trying i think the tricky bit is 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 trying to condense it and actually find out what of course what, yeah. uh, what the central story is what the narrative is and steve was kind of our perfect sort of poster boy in a sense um and he 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 had a kind of a unique a unique kind of story because he'd seen the system from the inside and come out the other side and live to tell the tale so he was in such a fantastic unique position to give us this insight um and it was just extraordinary because every time we we went out on the street to go meet the people that Stephen advocated for, we'd spend a couple of hours with them. And, yeah. you know, they were brave enough and they were generous enough to say, yeah, sure, I'll appear on camera. And we were like, OK, you sure? Brilliant. Oh, yeah, we'll tell your story if, if you're happy to do it. Um, and it was extraordinary. And we ended up with, I think it's like five hard drives worth of stuff. And we just carried on filming. Um we sort of unfortunately had to kind of down tools 2020 because of the pandemic in the March, which was um, yeah, really frustrating. But I think when it was safe to start up again, we, we carried it on. And I think at that point I, I said to Steve, I think we should carry on filming because there's, there's more here. Um, obviously there was the, the fallout of what was happening during the pandemic in Gloucester um, which uh, Steve will probably tell you in great detail about what was happening over there. 
Um, and then obviously the thing that really did grab me initially was the plan that he had. Um, yeah. An idea to sort of actually put something in place that, that was a viable alternative um, that wasn't profit driven, um, that wasn't about, you know, exploitation in that in that sense. It was it was about recognizing the human again and actually treating yeah. people with with some dignity that they deserve, yeah. um, but doing it properly, doing it the right way. And. I, 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 yeah, it is, it, it, yeah, it was, it's commendable what he's been doing. Yeah. Is. I mean, it's, it's been a long term project then. I mean, it started pre 2020. I mean, we're talking three, three plus years already. Yeah. Um, yeah. When are you hoping to have it finished by? Well, pretty much the next couple of weeks in the summer. Oh, really? So, oh, so we're kind of right at the, yeah. uh, at the, uh, the sort of final kind of, uh, part of the whole process now that's that's great yes which is great so we're, we're kind of we're kind of at the most tricky point at the moment which is trying to flesh out and finalize and tweak the story because yeah. our, our aim is to sort of cut it down to feature length so an hour and an hour and 50 hour and 45 um has the editing yeah. process started yet or are you still yes, got to yes, do yeah. that? <laughs> yes it has right, so yeah, yeah. thankfully i've got um i've got a really good sort of post-production team and they're they're fantastic right. um yeah. catherine and tom they're they're brilliant and sure. catherine's been sort of chipping away at the five hard drives worth of footage for the last year or so bless her right but we've we've kind of got to we've kind of got to the third act um and we're just trying to sort of work out rough cut wise what what the real story is and what the what the, yeah. what the narrative is um how I mean, are you funding it at all sam i mean because it's quite a long uh, time commitment uh yes I mean, I mean are you looking to raise money to help um uh, get it over the line or or is that sorted now um no we're still we're still looking for a final chunk to kind of get us over the line um we've obviously got to do the the final sort of post-production phase we've still got about mm, i'd say four four five grand to find and that right. would kind of complete the post-production phase so that's that's kind of um the last few weeks of finalizing it chopping it cutting it down and then obviously we've uh, we've got a composer who's doing an original soundtrack uh and dean dean jones is is writing that a uh, really talented musician up in Manchester. So he's um, he's ready and waiting for us to hand uh, mm. the edit to him, so we can write something to it. Um, and then obviously we've got to we've got to do the color grading, all the post production yeah. stuff, uh, cleaning up all the sound, and just making sure that it's polished and it's it's good enough um, to sort of put out into the world and make sure that it's no, yeah, I do. slick. I mean, look, we we you know we've been wrestling with the problem of homelessness and rough sleeping now in, as I was saying in the introduction, uh, for, for what, 40, 50 years, uh, maybe even longer than that. It's certainly got far worse over the last 40 years or so in what is the fifth big, or fifth or sixth, whichever kind of figures you kind of look at, around the fifth or sixth biggest economy in the world. I remember uh, Ken Loach, I am old enough to remember it as well, uh, with his seminal film, uh, Kathy Come Home, which was a, which was a, a drama, but obviously that, uh, you know, based on fact, and uh, as all Ken's films are, and that as we know, led to the establishment of of shelter. Um, but, you know, I think there were some moves by government in the 70s to to really try to, you know, deal with the with the problem. But uh, as I've said, you know, we 
if there's political will, it could be eradicated. But it seems to me what we've been doing um, is is dealing with the symptoms. I mean, what what you know, this film is is kind of addressing the symptoms. Uh, what uh, Steve's voluntary work is doing is addressing the symptoms, and that's that's important because that's helping individuals. But what you know, what's your thoughts, both of you, on on how we can address the cause, how we can stop people becoming homeless in the first place? Because in you know, as far as, as I said, in, in my opinion, you know, if there was political will at government level, then we could not just end homelessness, but we could eradicate poverty in this country. And, you know, it's not happening. The situation is getting worse. 14 or 15 million people are living in poverty in this country, as I've said in the opening introduction now, the shelter figures showing 271,000, at least 271,000 people homeless in this country. When I was a member of parliament, two people died on the steps of the Houses of Parliament. Two homeless people died on the steps of the House of Parliament. What an what a absolute scandal that is that, that, you know, such a thing, you know, can be, can be happening, in, in, you know, in this, in this very wealthy country. So what's your thoughts, both of you, on, on how we not just address the symptoms, but tackle the causes of, of homelessness and, you know, that underlying, that structural problem that's actually allowing people to, you know, find themselves in a situation where and the state's just to kind of abandon them. When, if I can answer part of that question, Chris, um, mm-hmm. when we was, and I think Sam will back me up on this, as he was following me round and, and he was saying a similar same question, what the hell can we do? What can earth can we do? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for a, he was basically looking for a happy ending. I said that, that I couldn't mm-hmm. work out a happy ending. In 2019, mm-hmm. I couldn't find out a happy ending. At the end of COVID, the situation, I, you mentioned people dying. They were dying in 2016 and 17. They were dying in hospitals, yeah. in the toilet of hospitals. Uh, an individual had been found dead after being there for two days. Um, we had people that were in supported living that were being been dead for weeks and, and their bodies were recovered and, and peeled off the table where they collapsed. That was in 2017. And that, that's what I was hearing on the new. On, I live in the opposite a house of multiple occupancy, and there was a, a a a guy got stabbed in the spleen in the premises where he was living because there was a drug deal on. That was the scenario. The life I was I was here. Well, then I've I've lost you, Steve. You seem to have frozen. Oh. Yeah. Sorry about that, uh, Steve. I lost you there for a moment. Some technical problem. I'm I'm actually uh, doing this off my phone, and somebody's trying to ring me. I don't know if that was what the problem was. So, so can you just carry on? I don't know if you can still hear me. Okay, can you? No, I'm not sure what's happening here now. Gaz, can you hear me? I think he's cut off. Ah, is Steve? Oh. Uh, is Sam still with us? Yeah, Sam's there. Yeah, I'm still here. Ah, Sam. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. We, we seem to have lost uh, Steve. Um, yeah. But, uh, I don't know if, you, if you've got any thoughts on that point I was just making there. Yeah, well, this well, this this was part of the reason that we decided to carry on. I mean, Steve Steve was right. I mean, it, it, in 2019, it was, 
it was it was it, it was pretty depressing to say the least. Um, I mean, the reason the reason that obviously I I had the impetus for making the film in the first instance was um, life expectancy in the UK actually yeah. stalling for the first time since the 1960s. And, I, and to me, I, I found that extraordinary. I, why? I mean, you've said this, you know, throughout the, the interview, you know, we're a rich country. Why on earth are we allowing this to happen? And it is a choice. It's it's a depressing choice. Um, and I, I felt that what Steve was doing, you're right. He, he was trying to deal with the symptoms, symptoms of a neoliberal system that is failing all of us, quite frankly. But it's it's failing the most vulnerable, and it is to do with cuts. It's I mean obviously when you know when you were in, um, you were an MP you've you've seen obviously how how the country works and you've seen it from the inside. So from from my point of view, I thought well as an ordinary citizen, as a as a member of the public, as a filmmaker, as a as an art student filmmaker, you know what 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 can I do? How can I how can I help? And it seemed that the smartest thing to do is to take the camera out and go out into the street and actually find yeah. out, ask, ask questions. Um, and Steve was brilliant for this because, I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's exceptionally modest. He had and still does now a, a whole raft of great solutions and answers to the problems. It's just for some reason we don't seem to be using them. We don't seem to be thinking that actually there is a different way of, of helping people. It doesn't have to be a private company. You know, we don't have to, you know, sort of outsource our empathy, you know. Um, you could set something up which would be perfect to solve the solution where, like they do in Finland, you're getting the support straight away. You're getting people yeah. straight off the street. Um, yeah. And homelessness isn't tolerated at all. I mean, the thing that was extraordinary about COVID was the fact that overnight, the all-in scheme, everyone was in. Yeah. And, I, well, and, and naively on my part, I, I remember I was, I was, I contacted Steve during the pandemic and I said, well, isn't that brilliant? Looks like Boris has solved it overnight. How good's that? And Steve was like, no, 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 no. no the, the I mean, and that was only a first step. I mean, you know, uh, you know, drilling with, uh, dealing with, um, you know, rough sleeping, et cetera. That's just the first step. I think, you know, in my opinion, everybody should have the dignity of a, of a decent home, you know, the yeah. one that's, you know, um, you know, warm and is, uh, you know, not, not fetid, not, not suffering from damp problems, you know, like a decent home yeah. that, 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 that people can be, can be proud of. I mean, and of course, I, I suspect, Steve, uh, you know, a lot of the problem is uh, down to or linked to, I mean, you've mentioned this to some extent already, um, you know, the, the, the issue of, of drug abuse, et cetera. And again, I think our drug laws are totally unfit for purpose. I mean, my, I, I speak as somebody who's a teetotal non-smoking vegan who's never taken drugs in my life. But my own personal view is that we should completely, uh, you know, um, decriminalise all drugs um, because it seems to me the drug laws just create opportunities for, for gangsters. And I was speaking to a, a guy, a police officer who was a you know, drug enforcement officer and he said that you know we've never really achieved anything it is a career anything positive we've never taken drugs off the street for more than a few hours he was saying and whenever we managed to succeed in removing one source that vacuum was filled very quickly and all we did really was make the, the you know the drug barons you know more violent really and so actually our our efforts were actually putting people at greater risk um, but there is this real naive attitude in Parliament, and I remember pushing in there just for 
you know, things like drug consumption rooms to be made legal. And it, it, it's just this kind of real naive attitude from, from the minister or Tory ministers saying that basically, you know, people should just say no. And, that, that they, you know, we can't do that because that's, you know, a step towards, you know, basically tolerating <laughs> drug taking. And that's that's totally beyond the fair as far as they are. So, but is that your experience, Steve, that, um, you know, that, that a lot of the problems that relate to homelessness are drug related or is that not the case in your view? No, that's a symptom, Chris. That's the symptom, yeah. I believe. All right. Mm -hmm. And the, the, you, you hit the nail on the head where we, the, we are seeing the symptoms. Um, per, on a personal level, there's a reason, you know, you don't get, you don't born, you're not born with a needle in your arm. You're not born with a... No pipe um, stick or whatever they do or whatever or, or alcohol in your in your mouth there's a reason behind it and that's that i, I apologize i missed this last bit but um to cut yeah sorry about yes you, you you just you just right, froze and uh, you haven't lost your signal yeah. yeah yeah um in 2018 you'll know this chris is a is the 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 mayor of birmingham summit street he looks like a character yes. of um um of that car, car, I can't remember what not cartoon, but off carry on, carry on. He looks like. Um, oh yes, 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 he, yes. he come off. He come out from Finland and he said, "All bouldered with brass." I've been to Finland. I've heard of housing first. We're going to bring it to Britain. Mm -hmm. And I tweeted because right. it was in September 2018 because I was coming home from not I was getting home from the Labour Party conference, and I tweeted yeah. and I said, "It won't work, mate. It won't work." Mm -hmm. And I had a couple of assholes from Lord John and Lord this and the wherever, whoever his mates are saying, oh, barracking me. I said, it ain't going to work. And it won't. Because there's like, if you could imagine that there's a there's a template where, the, where there's accommodation and support. The way yeah. this country works, it'll take all the money it can, which is the accommodation. So it'll mm -hmm. rip up and, and build these prefab houses or God knows what you want to call them, cheapskate, you know, get it up quick and put a lick of paint on it and get them guys in there because we can make a heck of a lot of, mo lot of money out of it. Oh, and yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. make a lot of money out of it. And I knew this was going to come. Similarly with the um, pandemic. All right. Um, and the support would go by the by. The by. Mm. What? Mm. So I see this happening, but I didn't, have a, I didn't have an answer to it because housing first is what it, it says on the tin. You house the person, um, you make them feel comfortable, and then you, you know, rehabilitate them, treat them, God knows what, with with quality support. Yeah. That doesn't that doesn't happen. All right. Don't forget, we start with um, oh, the the asylums, yeah, back in the day, or the workhouses. All right, chuck them all in the yeah. workhouses, yeah. stack them all, together, let them get on with it. All right, bless them. That mindset is what we're still living in today. All right, believe me, only smaller asylums, only smaller. A, a, a accommodation which is smaller than an asylum yeah. but big normal house they're called houses of multiple occupancy and that's their mindset mm -hmm. i'm completely out of that industry thank god mm -hmm. all right so that wasn't in the back of my mind all i can see is from the outside in because i've been on the inside yeah. out and a completely fresh thinking and asking these questions why isn't there a parole a, a, a social worker where's the where's the uh, probation officer why aren't they doing this and every person I asked who had any public, you know, public servant in the, in my town said, Steve, we used to have this, but we don't now. And it was a lot better mm -hmm. then. So I was asking the questions. I could work it out. It's like easy. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And they used to do it. We've been cut back, cut 
back, cut back, cut back. Well, that's a symptom of neoliberalism because everything's been externalised, or the vast bulk of it, and it's that's... all about, you know, can, can we make a profit out of it? Can we make money? Exactly. And, you know, when you bring the private sector in, of course, you know, quality of service is, you know, the, the least of their priorities. The overriding priority is making money. Bottom line, Chris, you know, yeah. profit margins. The biggest headache I had, Sam mentioned that I had an idea, and I did. it's on the basic of that skeleton idea of I had. But I knew that yeah. as I was opening this can of worms, it had to be a huge, huge project, all right? And yeah. the last thing I was work, I knew it was accommodation, and I knew it was support, all right? Mm. Well, I've got that just across the road, as I mentioned, and it's too big, all right, for one entrance, mm. right? Entrance, right? Mm. And the stigma that you have for having a house mm. of multiple occupancy full of all mm. the guys that, that you've mentioned taking drugs, drinking, God knows what. Mm. I, I wouldn't want that on my street, all right? And I've been in that community, yeah, yeah and see why they wouldn't want it. And the secret was, and believe me, it is, what can they bring back to the community, all right, mm. other than working? Because these guys, the ones I advocate for, will probably never work in their lives again, all right? Mm. It's, their, it's their lifestyle and the fact that they've got meant issues all right that's the kindest way i can say all right they were mm. even diagnosed with issues when they were born or well, yeah. in school age all right and they were as soon as they're 25 they're out if they're in a certain spectrum mm. all right on the spectrum yeah. obviously if you're really yeah. poorly bad yeah. you go into a, you know proper care and what have you mm. so there's a, a gap all right now if your mindset is which is mine these guys will never work again but how can they be not seen as a as a burden on society mm. and i believe me chris that's when i realized i got the solution and you won't <laughs> was when i joined insulate britain okay right. believe me mm. all right mm. once i joined them and it, it wasn't just and i'm so the the guys may even be on this link now i've, I've told them to come on and i want them to, to know this i believe that i got a solution all right mm. for the homeless and for fuel poverty. I can't do it on my own, all right? It's going to be community-based. It's got to be, otherwise it'll never work. But mm. if this does come to fruition, those guys that sat on the road that asked our MP, or Prime Minister, I should say, at the time, Boris, no, Johnson, let's call him Johnson, or, 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 or Vic, yeah. not, would you call him? Criminal, all right? A criminal, yeah. all right? We asked him to insulate our houses, as we had done previously, other generations had since 2000 and God knows when. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can do it. Believe me, the team of Insulate Britain, with the contacts that I got, all right, we will insulate the houses. We will end fuel mm. poverty. This might be a surprise to some of the people on this link, but the connections that we got there, we aren't only walking the walk as we did, or I should say talking the talk. We're walking the walk, walking all right? Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And the, the thing is, the thing is, it could have been done years ago, all right? But the mindset is that we can't do it. We've all got this issue. We've all got, we've got them issues. It's a big can of worms, all right? It is a big can of worms. But if you, if you take the time out, all right, and just think about it for years, I've done it for five, six, seven years, all right? Mm. I got the solution. I, I found the problem out in two years, all right? I came up with an idea in, in another year that... that it got completed after I joined Insulate Britain and talking to the guys there. And that's what yeah. I, I hope that I'll bring to the table, all of us, 
by this time next year with the start of a project that I'm working on, all right, which is a happy end. I believe will be a happy ending because well, I certainly hope so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Honestly. what I was going to say, Steve. I mean, that was my kind of last sort of uh, question, really, to to both of you, and you've sort of answered it already from your perspective, Steve. Anyway, is 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 really are you both of you optimistic or pessimistic? And from what you're saying, you sound optimistic about the potential to you know to build a a movement a mass movement that can you know bring about change that can force change and from what you're saying steve you, you think that that Most potential definitely. does does exist yeah what, what about you still- sam what's your thoughts uh yeah I'm, I'm i'm optimistic i'm optimistic maybe, um, maybe your film could be part of the uh you know the answer or the catalyst to, to kind of, as it were encourage that that, that solution Maybe. Well, I uh, yeah, um, I I hope I hope we yeah the film does its job. I hope I hope we get Steve's story and, and the message out there because you know there there is a different way. There's a better way. And is um, and is this? I mean, is this um, idea, this solution that, that 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 Steve is just alluding to there, going to feature in the film or not? Yep. So will. without well, that, doing well, that, too many spoilers, that's kind of, yeah, that's no, no, kind of our it. third act. Well, that, 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 yes, no, indeed, indeed, indeed. And it, well, and listen, it, oh, God. And it needed it, so, really, I think, you know, because, yeah. I mean, obviously we, like, like we said, we, we've been covering so much of yeah. just the, the, the really depressing reality of what's out in the street. We thought we need to give people some idea that something is possible and it is, and it, it isn't going to cost millions and millions of pounds. And, you know, it's there. Well, listen, it, it, it's inspiring, I think, to, to listen to both of you and to hear you, Steve, talking about a, you know, grassroots bottom up solution mm-hmm. because our politicians have abjectly failed us. And, yeah. and I'm hoping that, you know, we can build a, a mass movement that can support the kind of grassroots initiatives that you are spearheading, Steve, and you're helping to facilitate, uh, Sam. But that then can also, you know, maybe push, force politicians to act. And, and well, my preference would be to actually to replace the, the current political class because they're a pile of shysters and they're utterly bloody useless, frankly. And we need people that actually, you know, have had real life experience and, and are interested in actually representing the people rather than representing the wealthy elites in this country. What we've got in this country is socialism, but it's socialism for the rich, not not uh, and penury, really. For everybody else, you know, it's certainly not socialism for, for the vast uh, bulk of people. Go on. Sorry, Chris. Can I, ask, I, I, asked, I asked this question in 2019 to my MP, the incumbent yeah. who's a Tory, yeah? And I wrote this out in 2018, all right? It was a, it was a, it's everyone is entitled to live in a safe and warm environment and live without fear within their own home. Mm. Chris, believe me, the guy that the MP, the incumbent then said, oh, that's an aspiration. What he didn't realize was, is that them words that I worked out myself as a, mm. as a solution as well for the homeless, this, is, this statement came out a lot earlier. And, and, and it didn't come from me, it came from the Human Rights Act in 1948. All right, yeah. it's, it's yeah. bits yeah. of it, right? So that aspiration that we've been waiting for for 75 years, yeah, my parent, my grandparents have died for them, and God knows how many millions of others, all right? I'm fed up of aspiration, all right? Mm. And if you ask any political party, as you said, just mentioned there, Chris, whether they, they wear a blue rosette, a red rosette, or a 
green rosette, all right? They will not abide by that mandate. And why won't they? Because of the flag on the back that you've got there, because it incorporates everyone having a safe and warm environment and living without fear. And then that starts with Palestine, all right? But it starts at home as well. We can't even look after our own. I needed to say that. But that's why no No, one in this country... Sorry, Paul. Um, uh, look, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> yes. Look, I'm, I'm with you on that, kid. Absolutely, and uh, it's not about an aspiration. It should be a hu- basic human right, yeah. and it you know we, we've got to sort of fight for that. Listen, just I mean, in conclusion, then, um, let's start with you, uh, Sam, on this. Uh, <laughs> conclude with you, uh, and then come to to Steve. How can people follow your work and what you're doing, and and perhaps more importantly, how can people contribute if they've been, you know, inspired by what you've said to help you complete this really important film. Well, yeah, we'd we'd love we'd love anyone's help and contribution. Um, so we've we've still got our crowdfunder page up and running. So any anyone can make a donation. How how little, how small is very much up to them. How can um, you find the crowdfunder page? What's the what's the um, the link to it called? It is uh, www.crowdfunder.co.uk. Uh, Black Dog Way documentary, and uh, Black if you Dog go, Way documentary, yeah. yes, and if you go to our website, which is www.blackdogwayfilm.co.uk, you can find all the links, all the social media pages. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and what have you, right. and all the links to obviously what we're up to and updates, and obviously when the film yeah. will be all done and dusted. So That's we're awesome. really, really, really close to getting it done. And any and all contributions, you'll help us to get there. You'll get your name in the credits. And we've got a few little uh, thank yous and gifts to people who are very generous as well. And right. yeah, hopefully we'll we'll see some of you guys at the premiere. Um, me and Steve have got plans to take it around the country. We've got a very long right. list of really lovely, amazing, generous people that have said, come up. So we'll be in the north of England for definite. We'll be all over South Wales. Uh, Southwest England, hopefully London, Nottingham, you name it. So we're going to take it on Great. the road as well, because I think. And we also uh, need to uh, use, and I can help with this as well uh, in terms of promoting it, uh, using links like you know Squawkbox, like Crispin Flintoff's, uh, not the Andrew March, uh, etc., to mm-hmm. actually give it a plug, as it were, to you know hopefully get to as, you know as wider audience as they possibly can. And and also, Sam, just before I move to to Steve and conclude. I mean, do you are you on social media? I mean, if people wanted to follow your specific work, what you do over and above what you're doing in regards to Steve, is there any way in which people can follow what you do personally in terms of your um, activities? Yeah, yeah, we're um, we're currently we're currently sort of constructing a production company website at the moment, so that's, that's under development. But um, uh, we're all over Instagram, so if you if right. you get to Black Dog Way, you can follow me. I'm I'm obviously on the. Oh, page it's all it's all on that. It's all on that. Yes. Great, nice. Yeah. So Instagram. Steve, the, the fire- I was just going to say Instagram is kind of where we're, we're most active and stuff. So we're okay, always then. kind of posting links and clips and stuff. So Steve, excuse me, the final word then to, to you in terms of, you know, what your thoughts in terms of how people can follow what you are doing specifically and any other closing comments you wanted to make. Well, I'm hoping to bring out a pilot scheme for the start of um, obviously sorting out fuel poverty, which will hopefully start this summer. Um, for that, I'm looking for some funding for that. Right, it's not up and running yet. I'm looking for a couple of quid. Um, but it's in not. Hopefully, it'll be in Nottingham. 
Chris. Right. So when I've actually got right. excited, all right, the the pilot of a of a of a accommodation that's fit to live in, I will give you a yeah. call, and I'd love you to Natural, come down, yeah. and and, and, yeah, meet, and anyone else that wants to see it, it'll be there for everyone to look at because that'll be I'll be broadcasting the fact you know this is what we need. This will be the first step of many, two or three steps for people to have fantastic accommodation 21st century accommodation that they're entitled to and the support network which will be localized all right within the community wherever they live you can take it anywhere all right and from that you can then get a permanent accommodation on the same site which will be to the same spec all right right. that's all i can say at the moment okay mate (laughs) And, and you're on social media, aren't you, uh, uh, Steve? If people wanted to follow you on Twitter, what's your Twitter yeah, handle? Twitter. Uh, you, uh, Steve what's your Twitter Gower, handle, mate? Uh, Steve Gower 040167. I think it's my date of birth. Right. And uh, nice one, on yeah. Facebook as well. Yeah. Cheers. Great. Thanks. Okay, mate. Well, listen, thank both of you for taking the time out to tell this really important story. And hopefully, you know, it will be a catalyst for for long-term change in the country. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this evening to Resistance TV. And uh, hopefully we'll see you next week at the same time, 7 o'clock, when hopefully we're going to be speaking about the Spycop revelations and the first stage of the uh, report that recently uh, concluded. And I'm hoping that we're going to get uh, possibly the solicitor that's been representing the, the victims of the deep state and uh, and actually one or two of the people who were subject to those uh, uh, deep state spying uh, uh, efforts that uh, we saw where people who were active on the left and involved in radical politics were being spied on by the police and by you know the wider deep state so thanks again for watching this evening that's it from me chris williamson and uh, as i say we'll see you next week Good night.